0: Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farrakh.
1: I think we would do well to be reminded of how it is that his ways are too high for understanding. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are too high for us. They're not our thoughts. We cannot possibly fathom or understand or grasp the ways of God. God's ways are unsearchable. Paul says, who can know the mind of God?
0: You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Job. It's important for us to understand that we will never be able to grasp the ways of God fully. He functions on a timeline we can't realize with a strategy which we will never be able to fathom. Pastor J.D. tells us that God will allow things to happen to us that we will never understand. We must take peace knowing that it's not our job to. We're to simply trust in Him. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Job chapter 11 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: Good things happen to good people. Bad things happen to bad people. Right? Wrong. Wrong. You know that uh, proverb uh, that says that the rain uh, will fall on the just and the unjust? When I was uh, a young believer, I thought that was God just. I mean, blasting both the just and the... Uh, yeah, the rain falls on the just and the unjust too. Get em, God. Until I found out and learned that rain is a good thing. In other words, good rain falls on bad people and good people, just people and unjust people alike. Think about that. How about when James says, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. <laughs> good things happen to bad people and good people. Every good and perfect gift happens to just and unjust people alike. And so Job's theology will change when this is all said. and I think it was Oswald Chambers that said uh, he has completely had His creed, as Chambers refers to it, dismantled. It's completely destroyed. He's completely gotten rid of it now. Because all that he has believed to be true about God has now been proven untrue. And so too is this true for these so-called friends. One more thought here. Um, His friends, I want you to think about this, they're terrified. And I'll explain why I say that they're terrified that that which has come upon Job will come upon them too. And that's why they need Job to have some horrific sin in his life, because then it could be explained. So if Job has some horrific sin in his life, well then I'm safe. But if Job does not have some horrific sin in his life, and this is happening to him, And I don't have some horrific sin in my life, and that means that this can happen to me too. And that's why they are so resolute in Job confessing this sin that's in his life, because then they're off the hook. But as long as Job has no sin, and he doesn't, then this could be them. This could happen to them. Well, let's... uh, talk about this so far, just only so far we're going to talk about so far. And I'll tell you why. Um, he's the worst of all, of all of them. And it's interesting because he speaks the le- the least. He's, thank God that he only speaks here in chapter 11 and then again when we get to chapter 20. Um, <laughs> He's the worst of all of them. He is the most ruthless of all of them. Even uh, Eliphaz had some tact, had some, uh, you know, he, he was not as cruel and ruthless and heartless as this Zophar was. Adam Clark had this to say about him. He said he is the most inveterate of Job's accusers, and generally speaks without feeling or pity. Uh, He's being kind. And then he says this, and this is interesting, I like this. He says, in sour godliness, sour godliness, he excelled all the rest. In sour godliness. You know people like that, that are just, I mean, just, just people. Are, someone's coming to your mind right now. Just as I said that, just this sour godliness. I think uh, somebody coined the phrase "well intentioned dragons." Clark goes on to say, "This chapter in the twentieth comprehends all that he said. He was too crooked to speak much in measured verse." Um, let me just say one thing and then we'll move on to uh, chapter 12. We we all have a Zophar in our life. And God forbid that we ourselves have been a Zophar in somebody else's life. I think we've talked about it before and perhaps we'll talk about it again as we get get and go through this book. But you know, when somebody is really hurting, sometimes the best thing to say is nothing at all. Just keep your mouth shut. Just be there for them. You know, there's a, a proverb that says that a man is thought wise until he opens his mouth and speaks. In other words, you can have somebody in a room, and they're quiet. They don't say anything. You look at them and go, wow, these seem so wise. And then they open their mouth, and they talk, and they remove all doubt <laughs> concerning said wisdom. I mean, oh my goodness. Um, it reminds me of a humorous joke, and I, I'm sure you might appreciate some levity at this moment. But the story goes that um, this uh, wife said something to her husband, and her husband responded by saying to his wife, how can something so stupid come out of somebody so beautiful? To which she responded, Well, honey, God made me beautiful so you would marry me, and God made me stupid so I would marry you. (laughs) We're going to need that levity for chapter 12, okay? (laughs) Then, verse 1, chapter 12, Job answered and said, No doubt you are the people, and wisdom will die with you. But I have understanding as well as you. I'm not inferior to you. Indeed, who does not know such things as these? (laughs) In other words, everybody knows this. And then he says, verse 4, I am one mocked, by his friends, who called on God, and he answered him, the just and blameless who is ridiculed. Here you sit, mocking me and ridiculing me, when I am blameless before God. How dare you? Shame on you. Who do you think you are? Oh, you know everything, don't you? Oh, wisdom's going to die with you. You're all-knowing, no doubt. (laughs) You are the people who know everything. In other words, we say it this way, you're a know-it-all. Do you like being around somebody who knows it all, who knows everything? Verse 5, a lamp is despised in the thought of one who is at ease. It is made ready for those whose feet slip. In other words, when it's not dark, you don't need the light. The light is not necessary, even despised. You only need the light when it's dark. And he says, verse 6, the tents of robbers prosper, and those who provoke God are secure in what God provides by his hand. But now ask the beasts, and they will teach you and the birds of the air, and they will tell you. Or, verse 8, speak to the earth, and it will teach you, and the fish of the sea will explain to you. Who among all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? In other words, what Job is saying to these so-called friends is, you think you know everything, the the animals in the field and the birds of the air know more than you know. Just ask them. Verse 10, in whose hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. Does not the ear test words, verse 11, and the mouth taste its food? Wisdom is with aged men, and with length of days understanding. With him are wisdom and strength. He has counsel and understanding. What he's saying here are basically truisms. Everybody knows this to be true. You're not telling me anything new. You think you know everything. You know nothing. Verse 14, if he breaks a thing down, speaking of God, He cannot, it cannot be rebuilt. If he imprisons a man, there can be no release. In other words, if God does it, no man's going to come against it. We've heard it said this way, if God shuts the door, no man's going to open it. And if God opens the door, no man's going to shut it. That was in the letter to the Church of Philadelphia in Revelation chapter 3. If God opens the door, no man shuts it. In other words, who's going to go up against God? Who do you... (laughs) How, I'll get this out, just give me a second here. How is it that you have the audacity to speak for God? How arrogant is that? How full of pride are you to even suggest that you can speak for God? Verse 15, if he withholds the waters, they dry up. If he sends them out, they overwhelm the earth. With him are strength, verse 16, and prudence. The deceived and the deceiver are his. He leads counselors away, plundered, and makes fools of the judges. He loosens the bonds of kings and binds their waist with a belt. He leads princes away, plundered, and overthrows the mighty. He deprives the trusted ones of speech and takes away the discernment of the elders. Simply put Job is reminding them that nobody goes against God. Nobody undoes anything God does. They can't. Verse 21, He pours contempt on princes and disarms the mighty. He uncovers deep things out of darkness and brings the shadow of death to light. He makes nations great and destroys them. He enlarges nations and guides them. He takes away the understanding of the chiefs of the people of the earth and makes them wander in a pathless wilderness. They grope in the dark without light, and he makes them stagger like a drunken man. You almost get the impression that Job is sort of talking to himself through these so-called friends, as if to say that I feel like I'm, I am spinning, my head is spinning, and I am so dizzied by this. I'm like that drunken man that's staggering in the dark, groping without light. I'm wandering in this pathless wilderness, aimless as I go about not knowing what's going to happen. I mean, he's sort of describing Himself and the futility of he himself ever going against God or seeking to undo what God has deemed fit to do. You know, as I was preparing uh, for this teaching tonight, I was sort of asking myself <laughs> the question of why it is that The book of Job is so long. Just stay with me on this. We've got so many more chapters of this back and forth. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's about chapter 38. So here we are, chapter 12. We're going to get into chapter 13. Um, It's not until chapter 38 that God just finally enters into the discussion, (laughs) in not a moment too soon. Here's my question. God, why, why would you make Job 30, basically 30 plus, 35 plus chapters of this? I mean, you know, what do you want us to see in this, and what do you want us to learn from this? I mean, these, these guys are going back and forth with Job, and it's, it's, it's hard to watch. <laughs> it's hard to read. It's hard to teach, and it's, it's hard on you. I'm looking at you. I mean, the body language says it all. I, this is a hard book, right? Well, so here's what the Lord ministered to me. One of many reasons, and it's this. The reason why the book of Job is chapter after chapter of Job going back and forth with these so-called friends who are falsely accusing him to no end, calling him every name in the book. And Job seeks to defend himself and his God in his innocence and righteousness. Again, not sinlessness, blamelessness. The reason, I believe it is, is that God wants to instill deep within us, indelibly etch on the tablets of our hearts and minds, that man should not and cannot speak for God. And here's another thing. Nor can man explain the ways and the whys of God, which is what they're trying to do. Chapter after chapter after chapter, even Job, in all fairness, to this poor man at this point, is even trying to make sense out of all of this. Isaiah said, and it would be, I think we would do well to be reminded of how it is that his ways are too high for understanding. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are too high for us. They're not our thoughts, we cannot possibly fathom or understand or grasp the ways of God. God's ways are unsearchable. Paul says, who can know the mind of God? If we can figure God out, if he's small enough for for us to figure out, then he's not big enough for us to worship, as one said. And that's true. We're trying to figure God out. I was uh, thinking about this a couple weeks ago. I think I shared this on a Sunday morning. I was praying, and I caught myself praying this. God, I'm just, I just am trying to figure this out. And I caught myself after I said it, because it was like God would say, oh really? <laughs> You're trying to figure it out. Really? You're trying to figure it out. Guess what? You ain't going to figure it out. You're trying to figure me out. You're trying to figure out my ways. It ain't going to happen. This is an exercise in futility. And here's why I'm withholding you figuring it out from you. Because if, let's just say, you could figure it out, and you did understand, then here's the problem. You're going to lean on that understanding, and you won't lean on me. You're going to trust in what you figured out. You're going to trust in and lean on your own understanding. And is that not Proverbs 3, 5, and 6? Which, by the way, if you think about it, when is it that we acknowledge the Lord in all our ways? When we don't understand. When is it that we don't lean on our own understanding, when we don't have understanding to lean on? When is it that we trust in the Lord with all of our heart when we don't understand and can't figure it out? Well now, maybe that's the reason why God is going to withhold from us the understanding, so that we have to trust Him with all our heart. We have to acknowledge Him in all of our ways. We have to lean on Him instead of our own understanding. Well. Again, it's going to get, I should probably warn you (laughs) that this back and forth for all of these chapters till about chapter 38, it's actually, if you can imagine, going to get even worse. Uh, Please come back next week (laughs) because, (laughs) yes, it's going to get worse. But God, but God has, I believe, some valuable, I'm even going to say invaluable, truths and lessons that we can learn from this back and forth between Job and these three men well chapter 13 verse 1 behold job continues my eye has seen all this my ear has heard and understand understood it what you know i also know I'm not inferior to you. He's saying that now for the second time, which means that they, are, they have this air of superiority about them. Uh, we're more righteous than you, Job. We're superior to you, Job. You are inferior to us. And here Job defending himself says, I'm not inferior to you, but, verse 3, I would speak to the Almighty, and I desire to reason with God. But you forgers of lies. Ah, good for you, Job. Good for you. Stand up to these fools. I'll just use fools for now. He says, you are all worthless physicians. Oh, that you would be silent. That you would shut your mouths. Can I say that? I just did. Shut up. Can I say that? I know sometimes that um, makes people mad. I get emails sometimes. I, I grew up in a house where you can, could not say, shut up. Okay, well, I just. You'll forgive me. But that's what he's saying. Oh, that you would just shut your mouths and it would be your wisdom. Now hear my reasoning, and heed the pleadings of my lips. Will you speak wickedly for God? Yes! Yes, that's exactly what they did. And oh, by the way, uh, I think it's about chapter 42, I think it's Eliphaz, it's on the receiving end of a harsh rebuke from God for speaking wickedly for God. That's exactly what they're doing. And good for you, Job. And he says, and talk deceitfully for him. What you're speaking when you open your mouth is wickedness. And you're speaking wickedly on behalf of God. That's even worse.
0: We're so glad you tuned in to Pastor JD's teaching in the book of Job. There's much more to learn, but sadly, that's all the time we have for on today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. In the meantime, you can find more messages from Pastor JD by visiting our website at inspiritandtruthradio.com. Subscribe to our podcast while you're there and receive new messages as soon as they're made available. Did you know you can take In Spirit and Truth on the go by downloading our mobile app? In our fast-paced world, it's easy to let the time we'd spend in the Bible slip into the back of the line of things to get done in a day. When you download our mobile app, however, you'll have verse-by-verse studies in the Bible available right at your fingertips, ready to listen to whenever and wherever you go. You'll find a link to the app at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Keep up to date with the Middies Prophecy updates with our mobile app as well. Each Friday and Saturday, Pastor J.D. shares current world events and how they relate to the end-time prophecies found in the Bible. The information provided is intended to stir in us an urgency to share the good news of Jesus before he returns to judge the world. There's so much to learn each week, and Pastor J.D. does a great job of getting us the information we need. Find out more on our YouTube channel at SpiritInTruthRadio.com thanks for joining us today and be sure to tune in next time to keep studying through job on in spirit and truth
1: is you keeping me right with your Holding me true to you